Now, Man. where the culture comes, you start to realize that my mentor told me uh, uh, when I when I when I my first engineering job, he said, "Keep R comes before I." I said, "What do you mean, sir?" He said, "Keep in the alphabet R comes before I." Always remember that. He said, "Relationships before issues." Mm. Build the relationships with someone before you just walk in their office and start trying to solve the problem mm. or or address an issue. Welcome back to Bots and Thoughts, the hyper automation podcast sponsored by Salient Process. I'm your host, Jimmy Hewitt, aka Mr. Automation. Hello and welcome to another special guest episode of Bots and Thoughts, the hyper automation podcast brought to you by Salient Process. With the holidays in full swing, we are delighted to bring you this holiday special. Similar to, but slightly different from our usual focus on digital business automation and hyperautomation, this Director of Strategic Planning and Performance Management brings a dash of something special to the table, and that is his unique and acute emphasis on culture in the context of process improvement. In addition to Dr. Keith's fascinating personal journey as a process excellence professional, which you are sure to be captivated by, he gets into the weeds on his favorite topic of culture. What weak culture looks like, how to create and galvanize a strong culture, how his success with one department at Palm Beach County led to success within over 30 departments, and much more. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy our holiday special on culture with Dr. Keith Klinkscales, Director of Strategic Planning and Performance at Palm Beach County, Florida. I am really grateful for you to be on the show. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Hey, I'm, th I'm thankful that you've been, like, out of all of these folks, you checked me down. Yeah, man. And picked me, so I'm, I feel honored. I'm Dr. Like, I don't know why, I don't know about why me. Well, let's let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. I was at your uh, your presentation yesterday, uh -huh. and it was all about culture. Culture. And what stood out most to me was real executive sponsorship versus fake executive sponsorship. Mm. So that's what I want to really get into today. Okay. But okay. before we do, yeah. I'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. If you don't mind just telling our audience mm. who is Dr. Keith, mm. what got you into this space originally. Uh -huh. um, we can go from there. So interesting. I have sort of an interesting story. Uh, I left Youngstown, Ohio at the age of 18. Mm. I live in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I went to uh, my adolescence in, in Ohio, Youngstown, Ohio. And um, interesting enough, I, I applied for different colleges, but they were all within Ohio. Mm. And so I was actually going to Hiram College mm. when I got a, uh, a letter from Boston University saying, um, we want to give you a college scholarship to come to Boston University, College of Engineering. I literally packed up everything that I owned in my father's army suitcase uh, trunk mm -hmm. 
My family took me down to the Greyhound at midnight, and the journey started there. I got on the Greyhound bus from Youngstown, Ohio to Boston, Massachusetts. I had never been to Massachusetts before yeah. in my life. And I got to Boston, and uh, I said I had to resolve. I am failure is not an option. I'm not mm -hmm. going back. Mm -hmm. I got an engineering school. I never forget the first um, huge freshman class, chemistry 101. And the professor said, look to your left, look to your right. One of you is not going to be here next semester. And you said, not me. I said, that's not going to be me. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I'm not going, you know, this, this is a failure is not an option. Yes. Fast forward engineering. 1984, graduated engineering. Um, industrial? Electrical engineering. Electrical, okay, cool. Electrical engineering. But um, I got recruited right out of uh, engineering school, and I went into a company called Digital Equipment Corporation. Hmm. It was second only to IBM in mm -hmm. personal computers. Oh, wow. But digital was very, very innovative. They taught me total quality management. I was hired as a quality engineer. Sure. And if you know anything about quality engineering, it's like, and I was in external products group. So I was responsible for traveling to all the vendors and looking at their processes and qualifying them to provide products to digital. Wow. That's that put me on the road a lot. Sure. Very early. And I had to walk in almost like an expert. You know, um, and so I learned process improvement and um, how executives think and what are the touch points and what is what does it mean to have executive leadership at a very early age. Um, so I work with all of these companies in terms of process improvement, total quality management. Um, uh, how do you do? Uh, uh, simple problem solving tools, uh, inventory management, uh, process excellence. Cause I'm actually trying to qualify and make sure what they provide to us is of high quality. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, you need to understand their process. Mm -hmm. So, um, fast How long forward. How spend at each site? Was it a week, a month? I would, if I, if I went to, now this is when I went at digital, mm -hmm. um, I would spend like a week. A so week. I would get there maybe like a Sunday night, Go on Monday morning, they will walk me through the whole plant from, it's usually from the receiving all the way to the product being shipped mm -hmm. out to us. Mm -hmm. And, and I would be asking notes. questions. I'd be taking questions. I'd be looking at the manufacturing, the quality. How do they do inspections? How much inventory do they have? Mm -hmm. um, so I gained this appreciation for process. process. Cool. Became a process guru and I yeah. loved it. Yeah. What's great about it. I love processing. It was, process what was people. great about it, you love processing too? Big process. <laughs> yeah. um, and I want, and one thing I learned is that if you can define it as a process, you can improve it. Mm -hmm. And if you can't define it as a process, mm. it's hard to improve. It's hard to improve it. Because um, the process you can measure. And I always say you, you manage what you measure, you measure what you manage. So I'm Jack Welch. There you go. So fast forward, and I studied, you know, watched Jack Wells, yeah. Deming. He was an impressive. I did all, yeah, I did all of this, you know, Peter Drucker. I, you know, I just gravitated. Quality engineering was sort of like the precursor to 
all of this TQM process improvement, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So I was yeah. in the right place. All process. And what was great about it is I could actually say that I went to this company and this company and this company and this company. Fast forward eight years of doing that, I went from a uh, entry level engineer to a principal quality engineer. Wow! And suddenly, I got a phone call from a management consulting firm. And um, it's interesting how, when you are passionate about what you do, people seek you out. Mm -hmm. Almost every major job that I've had has been because somebody's tapped me on the shoulder. So I got this call, they said, we want, we're looking for engineers who can actually help solve business problems. And so I left digital and I started with PRTM, particular Raven Todd McGrath, who's now part of PWC, oh, wow. was bought by PWC. When I got to PRTM, then it sort of ratcheted up because now I'm actually being paid to go into all these different clients as a consultant. As a consultant. Map stuff out. Map stuff out. What did that look like? Was it any particular industry? It was interesting because PRTM had the chemical industry, computer industry, telecom industry, pharmaceutical industry, um, and medical device industry. And you were specialized in the computer industry. Right. So interesting enough, they wanted me all, originally, I, my first set of clients were all computer industry. Makes sense. They, uh, and they were Zenith. I mean, ZDF, the uh, prime computers, mm -hmm. companies that don't exist anymore. Okay. Full information systems. Yeah. Great job managing um, consulting. But what's interesting <laughs> is, so the, the, at some point, the computer industries merged into telecom uh, type of industries, mm -hmm. AT&T, Lucent. So mm -hmm. I started doing some, AT some telecom. Sure. Computer telecom started merging into some of our clients who were doing medical devices mm. because to put together a Perkin Elmer or Siemens medical system is very similar to putting together a manufacturing process for a computer. Sure. So now I started being pulled into the medical device industry. Sure. And I went to, I worked with a, a lot of medical device companies. High tech, hardware. High tech, hard tech, hardware, sure. medical device. Medical device then um, led into the life sciences practice, which mm. was pharma. chemistry and pharma. Mm. So I went to Merck, I went to Pfizer, I went mm -hmm. to Eli Lilly, I went to all these different companies and now I'm like, okay, I sort of the last, I did PRT for eight years. So the last four, I was considered a life sciences. Now imagine I went the, the, the progression computer. Electrical. So now I'm a, I'm considered a life sciences process from electrical engineer to, to life sciences exactly. management. Right. Yeah. At that point you had seen it all. Then I've seen it all. Yeah. So what's interesting is once you develop sort of operational excellence in these all these areas you you no longer are industry specific you are practice specific mm -hmm. i became now known as an operational excellence consultant sure fast forward i did eight eight years of prtm i get tapped on the shoulder by pa consulting mm -hmm. pa consulting uh was larger um located in cambridge massachusetts said we want you to be a partner and run our help co-partner our life sciences operational excellence practice sounds great yes the progression was pretty good yeah yeah but wait to, to see where how i got to florida <laughs> okay so i did life sciences for like uh as a as a partner 
for PA consulting for about two years and 9-11 hit. Mm. 9-11, I was literally on a plane the same morning as 9-11 out of Boston to North Carolina to my client. Flying and I got, I landed, I got in the car to drive to the client site and the radio was on and they said, plane just hit the World Trade Center. From then on, little did I know, my entire life would change because I literally had to, they shut down flights into Boston for a long time. So me and the consultants had to drive from North Carolina to Boston. Fast forward, months went by and the consultant industry, at least for PA consultant, majority of the consultant industry, because it's all based on flying to clients and yeah, air travel. It just changed everything. Mm. Uh, we couldn't rebound. And we started, uh, the the company started offering packages, severance packages mm. is what we call them. Mm -hmm. um, and my wife and my family, we had been traveling to Florida on a regular basis. Um, her brother moved down here. Then her mother moved down here. We kept coming, bringing the kids. And we said, you know, and everybody kept saying, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. I couldn't see it because I had a whole infrastructure. I had a house there the consulting job, everything was going great. Mm -hmm. And then disruption. Yeah. So we said, you know what, let's set a house and move to Florida because I was out of, out of that high paying, uh, pharmacy, I mean, a uh, consulting job. Yeah. Let's start over. Let's, mm -hmm. and then, you know, we can, you know, the easy life in Florida, we'll yeah. stay with my in-laws. Mm -hmm. I got down here. <sighs> I was all qualified for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, all the operational excellence and the process improvement and all that stuff, it wasn't as hot down here. It's very cyclical. It's very cyclical. And not only that, the industries weren't here. All the industries that I work for, computer, Northeast. telecom, chemical, pharmaceutical, you know, people told me, they said, you're going to have to work for uh, Royal Caribbean, mm -hmm. um, uh, Carnival, 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 um, Office Depot. Yep. Or it was a beverage company. I don't know if it was Pepsi Southern or Glacier uh, Wine and Spirits. Okay, one of those. Yeah. Because those were the big ones yeah. down here. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually. OpEx. Exactly. Yeah. So I ended up landing in Office Depot headquarters hmm. in Boca Raton. And one of the areas of my consulting background was uh, because I was. Originally, I had originally had a quality engineering background, mm -hmm. which took me to a lot of suppliers. Yes. I built on even some of my clients in consulting were all, some of my projects were all procurement related, mm -hmm. purchasing mm -hmm. and procurement related, yes. re-engineering our purchasing organization, mm -hmm. or joint service agreements with our suppliers, or yep. re reducing lead time from our suppliers, or quality of suppliers. So can't imagine how many suppliers Home Depot has. There you go. A lot. This was, this was Office Depot. Actually. Office Depot. Office okay. Depot. Still tens of thousands. Right. Yes. So um, I became the senior procurement manager for Office Depot. Mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm back in a company after many, many years of consulting. And um, mm. I enjoyed it. I had a staff of buyers and all that. And we did some process improvement. We did some yeah. re-engineering how we do RFPs and how we do this and all that. Um, that was 2004. Fast forward 2008 recession hit. Mm -hmm. I'm back on the street again. Mm -hmm. Office Depot start laying people off. 
2008. From 2008 to 2015, I did everything you could possibly think of in terms of an hourly job. Wow. I went from a $200,000 salary in consulting to $11 an hour. Man. As, a, as a, I like Barton security that guard. That 200000 was in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see that no more, right? No, that's like four <laughs> to six. Right. It's like, and up north. Yeah. So I uh, I got my uh, security license and I became a security guard. I did mm-hmm. Ally Barton. Wow. And I worked with a staffing company who staff who got me jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, fast forward, the staffing company said, uh, oh, well, there's actually a, um, a job in Palm Beach County mm-hmm. working for working in transit as a dispatcher, mm. a dispatcher, a dispatcher. Yeah, man. <laughs> I said, I'll take it. It was temporary for three months. After three months, they said, Oh, we want to hire you. Became full-time dispatcher. Mm-hmm. Now you mind you, that's why I wrote a book called your attitude is your breakthrough. Mm-hmm. You, you, all, you wrote a book. Yeah. My book is out on Amazon called okay. your attitude is your, your breakthrough because I always had to have the right attitude. Mm-hmm. And I always, it's kind of like, you can be an ego and you might have to be with the chickens for a while, but you got to remember that you're an ego. Yeah. And so I would go into my job um, as a dispatcher with the same shirt with couplings and suspenders in my tie. And now you lead. I don't want to get to the end of the story, but this is this is such a cool story. So I'll move really quickly. Now I'm in I'm in Palm Tran, and the CEO, which is the new CEO of Palm Tran, uh, says well, he's going to travel to all the different locations and get to know the people. Mm-hmm. So he comes in the dispatch room, sees your cufflinks, and sees, sees me, and <laughs> sees this guy with with suspenders yeah. and a shirt with cufflinks. And all everybody was all those dispatchers are in jeans and, and t-shirts and polo shirts. And he's like, well, who the hell are you? Yeah. What, what, what do you do? I said, Well, sir, I'm an engineer, you know, and uh, I did this, 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 and this. I did management consulting, performance improvement, da da da. And he said, I said, um, and please, you know, if anything comes up, please remember me. How could you forget? <laughs> Fast forward some months later. Um, it was interesting because Palm Tran was audited by the internal inspector general and inspector general. And this is, this is, he was a new executive director, but right before him, they were actually, um, cited for the performance measures, which is not a good thing. No, they were saying they were like 99.98 and they were really 94. Mm. In one area, mm. or you know, their entire scorecard. It was found out that their entire, their they were sort of cooking the books in terms of their performance measures, mm. and so, um, and this was this was public. So I'm I'm not saying that that, that wasn't public sure, sure. Uh, a public record. They were told to create a performance management office that wow. would be separate and apart, that would hold them accountable, that would establish performance measures. That would be a high of integrity. The data would be boom. Mm-hmm. So a requisition came out 
a job requisition came up. Man, does that have your name written all over it? And someone said, you, 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 you know, you need to go, for, you need to go for this. You need to go for this. Now, mind you, I'm here making $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. The position is up here. Mm-hmm. So everybody that I have been working with knew me here. Mm-hmm. They didn't know my background. They didn't know I had an engineering degree. They didn't know how, you know. So it was a shock when people found out that I applied for it. And interesting enough, the um, the executive director originally told me later, he said, you know, HR did not want to give you an interview. Uh-huh. They didn't want to give me an interview. Um, because it seems so, such a far stretch, such a, you know, just crazy. Yeah, dispatcher. Listen. They gave me a phone screen first, mm-hmm. a passive phone screen. Then they said, okay, you're going to get an interview. He said, they said, you're going to get an email on a Friday. It's going to give you instructions for the interview and tell you when you're going to interview. I got the email. It said on Tuesday, you need to have a PowerPoint presentation that lasts no more than 20 minutes. You will be timed. That will tell us how you perform, how you would develop and create a performance management office organization. What resources would you need? Who would you who would report to you? How would you break down silos? How would you, you know, um, solidify the data? How would you create a performance management for all of Palm Trans? Now, Palm Trans is like the transit agency. I don't know where you're originally from, but just think about your public transportation. Mm-hmm. That's what that was for. Yeah, West Palm Beach. Three days. Right. So Friday, and they said you need to have it on USB and seven cop- seven copies, and you're gonna come and present and, and you gotta go to with this entire leadership team. And after the, after you present twenty after twenty minutes is up, you're gonna sit down. And we're gonna we're gonna ask you questions about your presentation. Well, that's your jam. Knock well, the rust off. Knock the rust off. Get your management control you know team what, back together. I had to, but. That's where I wrote the book. You actually was your breakthrough. Can you yeah. imagine what's going through my head? It's like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? How yeah. am I going to do I start? Right. Where do I start? My daughter had just got accepted to Florida State University. And that Friday, we drove her up to uh, Tallahassee. I stayed in the hotel while my mother, you know, my wife got her situated, got her in a dorm and, I, and I studied. Yeah. I Googled transit agency, performance yeah. in transit. In transit. What are the top metrics? What are the, yeah, what are the, you know, all the issues related to process improvement, yeah. ridership, uh, mm-hmm. on-time delivery, mm-hmm. um, you name, uh, maintenance, safety, 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 maintenance. Sure. So I'm like, okay, I know what the scorecards are. I know what the top metrics are. Um, now, how do we actually get, how do I actually get all of, because I don't want, because they asked me what my resources and how many people do I need. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to go in not saying that I need a whole lot of people mm-hmm. because I'm going to utilize. Yeah. He said, all of, I said, all of them are going to work for this effort. Smart. So pretty much what I presented uh, today is almost identical. I created like- nine teams. Yeah. One was safety. One was customer uh, service mm-hmm. satisfaction. Uh, one for the paratransit, one for the fixed route, uh, on-time delivery team. Uh, ridership team, uh, uh, marketing. Um, no new hires. No new hires. All I said. All, all I need is I need one or two analysts. Yeah. 
so they can, you know, crunch do the grammar, do the yeah. Excel spreadsheet, crunch data, put out the metrics, mm -hmm. create, create the scorecards. Yes. Um, fast forward, I got the job. Now, interesting enough, this executive director had come from, he had worked at Ohio Transit as a director. He had worked at um, Miami Day. So when he opened up this position that was going to report to him, who do you think applied? People that knew him from these other, yeah, they all came in. Now these are transit professionals. Yeah, and you beat all of them. All of them. Dr. Keith. Uh, I came in. One, my whole look was different because he, they, none of his staff, no one had ever seen me in 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 professional gear. I was I was I had my A game. I brought mm -hmm. my A game, and he mm -hmm. said that was a problem with majority of the people that uh, that came in for the job because they knew him. They were very Laswell fair about. Yeah. They just came in and they thought they were going to get it because they knew him. They had worked with him in other transit agencies. I came in like my life depended on it. Yeah, man. It did. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, just fast forward. Really it did. Quickly. I did that for 2015 to 2017. Real quick, I'm sorry. About at this time, how big was the organization? How many people were so, in uh, right. the, the organization? So Palm Chan has about sure. 650 employees. Okay. With an executive director, different levels, yeah. executive leadership team, six hundred fifty. Okay. But Palm Tran is one of thirty-five departments mm -hmm. that make up Palm Beach County, and the board of county commissioners and the county administrator are over all thirty-five departments. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, uh, twenty fifteen, now it's twenty seventeen. The scorecards, my performance reports, all of that is. Sort of making headway. Yeah. The cross department teams that I formed presented every three months to all all the Palm Trans. So we started inviting other executives from the county. Mm. They came in and said, Oh my God, this they the Some teams support. are working on problem solving and they they use you know, we had instituted benchmarking, boom, boom, boom. Mm. The boss Clinton, the executive director's boss, who is the county administrator of over all 35 departments, said, I want this. Mm -hmm. I want this everywhere. I want this everywhere. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted, I've always, she's, she said, I always had a vision for a strategic planning and performance management division of the county that does this. She took the requisition that was used to create my position, and all of a sudden, what came out on the job board is director of Palm Beach County Strategic Planning and Performance Management. Somebody walked into my office and said, Keith, bam. This is for you. This is for you. Yeah. You got to go. I'm like, what? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do this for the whole county. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I was right back to that same guy who was the dispatcher. The dispatcher yeah. saying, I got to do this. I got to try to sell this again. Mm -hmm. Such a good opportunity. You're 35 Xing. Yeah. I applied. Uh, and you brought it. I brought my A game. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
And I mean, they, they were man, they were consultants that are applied. There were people all over the county. So this guy from uh, Miami Dade, probably all over the state, all over the state, yeah. wanted this position. Country, and I got it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> now I'm back to where I, I, I almost I'm, I'm like completely back to where. Holy I was. Gosh, so I left you got your team building. You got your functional teams. You bring your analysts. Now multiply. I got times 30, 35 different departments. 35 I got, different scorecards. Yeah, and department heads. Yeah. And in those different departments, they have diff- they have divisions. So each division is almost the size. Some of the divisions are size of palm tree mm-hmm. under a, in that department. So we think of um, public safety. They got victim services. They got uh, legal services. They got um, environment uh, uh, EOC, emergency Each management. Like they got all divisions. That's how big some of the departments so are. So are we at like from eight hundred people to eight thousand people? Now we're at seven thousand people. Seven thousand. <laughs> Just a quick ten x. Yeah. Um, so did these department heads where you met with resistance? Yes. When you came in, hey, yes. this is we're going to do scorecards. I'm going to measure you. This is what I did. Which, so I'm on board, right? And I started in April. The first thing I did for all of April and all of May is I said, I went on and said, I need one-on-ones. I did one-on-ones with every single department. 35 one-on-ones. 35. Mm -hmm. Um, Just on that, that is to me spending time with the folks who you're trying to enact change with. Yeah. You they can. needed to get to, they needed to like, who is this guy who yeah. just got, you, you got to break bread. Right. You got to communicate. There you go. I'm sure you did a lot of listening. I did a lot of listening. Where are you? Cause when I went into the office and some of them actually, you know, I showed up and they had their division heads with them. Some of them just wanted sort of just, just, just them. But some of them actually said, no, I want the, my whole staff to hear what you, what you're talking about. Mm. And so I just sat down like this and, and I had just had a notepad and I said, can you tell me what is the strengths? Weaknesses, opportunities, and threats of the county. You did 35 SWATs. 35. Wow. And I said, and all I did was I took the S and I wrote everything they said. I took W, everything they said. Mm-hmm. When I got finished with all those interviews, I took all the S's and put them together, all the mm-hmm. W's. The number one thing that it, it sort of laid out my plan. Yeah. Almost what was the silos. Number one. Yeah. Now there was two others. One was controversial. One was a department that they all said is the root of all the problems. Mm. And I really say I really say the the the, uh, the department because it was the libraries, wasn't it? It wasn't libraries. <laughs> no, you okay. <laughs> um, but it's a common denominator. It was a common denominator. So mm. I, I I I still trying to address that issue. Oh. Wow. Uh, because I put that on a back burner because it, it's this there's um, sensitivity there. Sure. But the silos I knew how to address, mm-hmm. and so I put together a um, a workshop um, for, in November. Every November is a uh, budget workshop with the county commissioners. We changed it to a strategic workshop. Nice. No, it wasn't. Oh, it went very well. But what, what, what wasn't was nice was I was on the hot seat. Sure. Because now this new guy, for the very first time, we had it at the convention center. 
That's how big it was. All the department heads were seated in like the peanut gallery behind mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I'm here and on that side are the seven commissioners and I'm presenting to them Here's what I'm recommending, new vision of the county. Here's the new mission of the county. Here's the strategic priorities where you had like almost 15 in 2013 and no one, and now this is 2019. No one has ever looked at, I'm recommending these six. Um, And by the way, I did a SWOT analysis and there's some things that you might want to know. Mm-hmm. So the first one of, one of the commissioners said, well, what did you find in the SWOT analysis? And I was really, I had to really be very, it's very different in public versus private industry where I came from. You gotta be very sensitive to every, almost everything you say, because it becomes all, all becomes public record. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I met with all the departments and one thing rained through. They're very, very good vertically. In what they do. Well said. Yeah. That's how you say it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In their department, they are focused, they're laser focused, and they do great at what they do. But they all agree that they work in silos. They have no idea what the other departments are doing. And so my goal is to try to figure a way to break the silos and tie tie the departments to your strategic priorities. And so my next slides was six core team wheels. The first one was one of the strategic priorities. And I had spokes of all the departments I think needed to be on that team. Mm. And then I went to the next one. You did the mixing and matching. Yeah, I had already I had done. already done that. Because what I had one of part of my assessment leading up to it was I asked all the departments, all of these priorities. Do you do any work in this area? Do you do time? Mm-hmm. You got money, resources in this area? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do all this with the homeless. Oh, yeah, we do all this with economic development. Oh, we do, yeah, we do substance use. And we, but substance, as a matter of fact, in parks, majority of the substance use and behavior disorder folks, um, parks is the number one place for suicides. Mm. Like, oh, they need to be on that team. You see, those are the kind of conversations I was having. Yeah, you're breaking down. Finding the commonalities, similarities between the 35 departments and aligning them towards one of the six or some of the six strategies that you came up with by interviewing them. That gets to how I started to begin the uh, executive leadership. How how was that received when you first hatched this, this? cross-functional, cross-departmental alignment to some of six strategies. How is that received? Very well. Really? Because it made sense? Or what do you think? I think because it just made it just made sense. It makes sense. Well, one thing that as soon as I said silos, everyone's head said, yeah. yeah. Even the commissioner, they said, yeah. So that's your gift. That's, yeah. It was, my, it was so a gift to me. Well, that's your gift to them. Yeah. It's <laughs> breaking down those silos. Breaking down those silos. They all knew they existed. Right. Or maybe they didn't know. Like but, them. Right, but see, here's the thing. You help them. Yeah, the resistance didn't come until it's like the honeymoon. The you got the honeymoon period. Sure. When it they don't really know what it means, okay. they don't know what what's going to be required of them. Okay. But then, okay, so now you put look at this room right here. You put everyone around 
from all the different departments that have never actually sat down with each other. With each other. Mm-hmm. And the first few meetings are like, oh my God, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you did that. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Then I had to actually do a lot of teaching and a lot of training. Oh, and right. start a little bit on forming, storming, norming, and performing. performing. Nice. As any team that you go through, yeah, yeah. they're going to go through it. You see, the forming the team was easy. Yeah, it made sense. You eventually get the storming. It's like, no, uh, well, that's I don't see how that's a part of this team. That's what we do. That's 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 our role. That's yeah. our job. They get territorial, yes. defensive, oh yeah, protective. Oh yes. And 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 it was interesting because I would see like someone putting on a function, say for um, get hypothetical, a backpack, going to, going back to school, huge backpack program for mm-hmm. kids. Sure. Well, um, program. Yeah, big backpack program. Um, you realize the department that's doing it is not the youth services department. It's not the community service department. As a matter of fact, they have no role. They they may you know they may like individually chime in, but it's no it's, there's no collaboration. It's one department that has always done it. Hmm. What's wrong? It's called the uh, Office of Community Community Revitalization. Huh, not youth services. No. You would think you would, think. would help. That you, I would have thought that they would have been the small. They would yeah, have been the one to do it every year. They yeah. would own it. So you had those things, but that department has always done it. And we, you know the question. We've always. We've always done it that way. <laughs> so now just magnitude that that's one small example, but imagine many, many, many examples like that where departments own certain things. And that's their that's their validation. That's their. So how do you actually begin to get them to? Water utilities is always responsible for all the water going to the homes, but engineering does the road and bridges to the homes, you know, around the homes. How do you get them to collaborate? And so that you do it if you're going that if you're going in that area, you know, tear it up once. Versus two or three times. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So some of the stuff just started to make sense. And then it's interesting enough, um, they start winning awards for the amount of collaboration that they do. So just a quick comment on that. What I'm seeing is this is not possible unless you do the research, find, do the SWOT analysis, find the strategies, align the teams, get the teams together, get the teams talking, storming, norming, that forming, storming. Storming is where it seems like the magic really happens. That's where a lot of the friction the is. Friction. The good ideas start to come out and then they start to norm and then perform. Right. It doesn't seem possible without communication Communication. Communication breaks down silos. Yes. Tons of communication. And it's interesting because the pandemic actually helped us in this Mm. respect. Because, so I did a, uh, for each of the teams, I did a two hour team orientation. And I went through, you know, I created a deck just like this, you almost, you you remember the, some of the slides I show, even the videos that I show. Yeah. Those were my original presentation. Really? Where I showed the, the dogs and they, they all closed the gate yeah. together. 
and in the donkey, those were in my teaming presentation because I tried I had to give, and even the, the, the pictures of um, the, what I don't want the, the team to look like and what I do, I want all the teams to look like superheroes. Yeah, the Avengers. All, those are all original slides. Makes sense. I have, have to give, to give visuals of yeah. exactly what we're trying to create. That's vision is everything. Without the vision, people perish. I think this has a ton of applicability to the world, both public and private, mm -hmm. both public service and private enterprise. Uh, you get a project, any project worth solving, yeah. any transformational project, I should say, cuts across multiple teams, yes. cuts across multiple divisions, departments, any strategy worth pursuing, I should say, cuts yes. across multiple teams. Right. And I'd be willing to bet that these teams that each touch quote to cash, even though you think it's all sales, mm -hmm. it's really sales, legal operations, procurement, um, accounting, finance, product. Those are six to seven teams there that all have their role in this long running workflow. There you go. And, and I, I the bet they aren't communicating They're as not. much as they should be. I bet if we get an executive sponsor to say, hey, Here's Dr. Keith. He's gonna he's gonna figure out this strategy. He's gonna solve this major pain point, uh, and and we form cross functional teams. Cross functional teams. I bet they'll be on board. I oh, bet yeah. they'll start communicating. Yes. I bet they'll pitch into process mapping workshops yep. and design oh. thinking workshops, and they'll sponsor pilots. Yeah, all of that. All of that comes from it. Yeah. you because you what you've done is you you set the environment for it all to happen. So how did you go from an electrical engineer to like, I don't know, Mr. Culture? Well, it's, it's a progression because the electrical engineering got me in the door as an engineer, but I was in the quality world. I was picked up as a quality engineer. Quality engineering gets into all, you know, it was, it's all about total quality management. Then it went into Six Sigma, all of that type mm -hmm. of stuff. Which is process. Right. And then, oh, and then it get, and then it led me into teams in the private industry and consultant industry. Give you an example, sales and operations. And there was a major, we had, we sold a lot of projects because sales and market, sales, sales and marketing and manufacturing never talk. Sales would sell something, throw over the board and operations and manufacturing got to make it work. Mm -hmm. Manufacturing always and operations always blame sales and marketing for selling something that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Sales and marketing said, we sold it. The revenue's coming in. You need to figure out a way to make it sense. That's where the, the term sales and operations planning came, mm. where you had the sales and marketing folks and the operations and logistics folks sitting down at the table saying, okay, we're going to create this new product. But, hey, but by the way, we're going to design it for manufacturing. So that's what, so we, we created cross department teams way back then saying, okay, let's get everybody on the, so it's not like an after, like you throw over the wall, an after effect. Right, right. So yeah. it works you in driving. these teams. Now, once you form the teams, then you, all, everything else, everything, metrics, how you measure, communication is there, all of that. Now, Man. where the culture comes, you start to realize that my mentor told me uh, uh, when I, when I, when I, my first engineering job, he said, Keith, R comes before I. I said, what do you mean, sir? He said, Keith, 
in the hour of it, or come before I always remember that. He said, relationships before issues. Mm. Build the relationships with someone before you just walk in their office and start trying to solve the problem mm. or, or address an issue. Mm. So that was like, okay, shoot. I, I got to remember that. I got to get them to <laughs> communicate and form a relationship. Yeah, before, before you, you just process mapping so, workshops and right. what are all the worst things that happen on your team. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> we're not pulling these teams. We can't. We can't just. You can't just jump to solutions, and we don't like each other. Or you know, I don't. I mean, I don't have, you know what I mean? We, there's I no relationship. Such a refreshing message <laughs> for leaders to hear in 2022, coming into 2023, in two and a half months. The you know pandemic has gotten a lot of people working from home yeah. and logging in to a Zoom meeting for 25 minutes at a time getting done what they need to get done and then logging into their next meeting, going from room to room. That's why I said the pandemic has helped us. So I think this is a really timely, really necessary message to maybe spend the first five minutes of your meeting on R before you spend the rest of the 20, 25 minutes of the meeting on, on I. You're right on Jimmy. You're right on. Man. Also let's, you know, safe, let's stay safe, but, Let's get some more office meetings going. Let's get the consultants back in the air. Yeah. You know, let's get the, the teams traveling together. Let's do more uh, quarterly planning, yeah. yearly, you know, team building. Let's let's form cross-functional teams. Let's let's keep talking or let's start talking. Let's keep getting to, to know each other and how things go. And we might find that we're doing the same thing or our peers are doing something better. Yeah. Man. Now, that, and put the put the uh, icing on the cake. You got to make sure they win together, publicly. and celebrate publicly. Those. Yes, thank and you. And celebrate publicly. One of the greatest motivations of these teams that I've created for the county is that they get to present to the board of county commissioners every November. The teams do. I I I show up. And I say, I have with me the six cross department teams, commissioners. Uh, their order will be this, 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 and this. First up is the infrastructure team. Bam, they hit the podiums. And it's to the point where they're alternating. These are folks who ordinarily would have never had an audience. No, or know each other. Or know each other. And they're talking like they're best friends. They're talking like they're best friends. Celebrating successes. Yes. Yes. So that's the dream. That's it, man. Well, hey, that's why I asked you on the podcast. This is not what we normally talk about mm -hmm. on Bots and Thoughts, the hyper automation <laughs> podcast. We talk about digital business automation, but we're going to call this the special culture episode. Okay. Because it's a missing link yes. to these projects. Right. Uh, we automate business processes that cut across departments and divisions. Wow. And we could do a better job. And I think a lot of our listeners could do a better job. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, forming cross-functional teams. Wow. So thank you. Know, you. you know, the other thing I'll just uh, put this, tie this into what you guys do. When I did it as a management consultant, um, we would do all the things that I just talked about. And then what started coming uh, our way was all the automation, the ERP systems, the SAP, the Oracles, uh, Seuss, uh, JD Edwards, all the solution providers. And we said the wrong way that some organizations were doing is they were just coming in and automating a process, automating a pro uh, uh, fixing a problem with the automation. We said, no, come in after we have laid 
the groundwork, worked as a team, mm -hmm. streamlined, created a new process, and now we're ready for automate bots and that. bots. Automate, automate that. that. Yeah. Because what you don't want to do is automate something that you're doing wrong and just make it faster. You want to take yeah. all of that, you know, redundancy out. Because right now, if you got multiple multiple departments all doing something redundantly, you need to integrate all that and then lay on the technology. Yeah. Man, this so. is refreshing. We do a lot of process mapping, do. analysis, advisory, identify opportunities, automate them. I think we could sprinkle in a little bit of alignment, alignment. in there. Yeah, align your teams and improve your process before you automate it. Automating doesn't necessarily improve it. If you spoke that, you get you you get in the door because then they're then they're saying you're not. He's just not a techie. He's a process person. He's a process guy. Yeah, um, process people. Yep, and productivity and technology for sure. Well, thanks again. Pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Such a good chat. All right. Take care, Jim. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bots and Thoughts, the hyper automation podcast sponsored by Salient Process. Be sure to never miss an episode by hitting that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Get your hands on more content like this by following us on LinkedIn and YouTube down in the show notes and say hello. We'd love to hear your thoughts, perhaps even on an upcoming episode. Stay tuned for more episodes of Bots and Thoughts, the hyper automation podcast brought to you by Salient Process.